This podcast is sponsored by the Davenant Institute and Davenant Hall, reimagining theological education. Visit davenanthall.com. The Davenant Institute seeks to retrieve the riches of classical Protestantism to renew and build up the contemporary church. Key to this mission is their educational arm, Davenant Hall. In an age where much theological education both overlooks the riches of church history and keeps students in debt, Davenant Hall is reimagining theological education. Davenant Hall takes full advantage of digital technology to make high-quality theological education affordable via online courses. Students can simply audit a single class or enroll in a degree program, including subject-specific certificates, PhD supervision, and the flagship MLIT program, which includes pastoral tracks for Baptist, Anglican, and Reformed or Presbyterian ministry. Enroll in classes at any time during the academic year. Knowing that in-person fellowship is key to Christian formation, Davenant hosts regular residentials at their study center in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of South Carolina. Registration for spring term 2024 classes running April to June is now open. Register by March 27th. Fees start at just $225 for a 10-week class with a two-hour Zoom class from expert professors each week. Spring term classes include Male and Female in Modernity with Alistair Roberts, The Reformation and the Modern World with Michael Lynch, Philosophy as a Way of Life with Joseph Minnick and more. Visit DavenantHall.com to find out more. That's DavenantHall.com. Welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Whatever happened to the Sabbath? More and more, Christians are starting to fill up their day of rest with nonstop action. But is this right? And do Amy, Carl, and Todd have opinions on it? Of course they do. Keep listening after the podcast, and we'll tell you how to download a free resource from the Alliance. Well, we're so glad you chose to listen in on Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit. We're especially excited today because uh, Carl and Amy and I received a special invitation from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals to appear in their privately hosted green room here at the Oscars. We knew that the Alliance had arrived when they were uh, able to host a green room at the Oscars. And we're just waiting for Lecrae to show up uh, so that we can take selfies with him and post him on our uh, public media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. I can't wait. I'm sure it's going to be a thrill for Lecrae. Uh, Carl, I mean, of all of the Christian rappers out there, who would you say is your favorite? Well, I'm a huge Christian rap guy, but I would have to say of all the Christian rappers out there, Lecrae's got to be the one because... He's actually the only one I've ever heard of. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I see. Came across him about three weeks ago when he suddenly started popping up on, on Twitter accounts, left, right, and center. Yeah. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's... apparently he's very cool, but I've never, I've never heard him. Uh, yeah. I'm a, oh. classic, I'm a classic rock man. Uh, rap yeah, like, doesn't do it for me, essentially. So classic rock, like DC Talk and Striper. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Uh, sort of, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, so Amy, uh, Carl doesn't have Twitter, but you and I have Twitter, so we'll have our, our selfies yeah. with Lecrae posted uh, shortly, okay. which we're, which we're excited cool about. I got some sunglasses to wear for awesome. him, too, to raise your cool factor. 
absolutely awesome. Well, obviously, since it's the uh, uh, since it's the Oscars, this is a Sunday evening. We decided to uh, to skip church because, after all, it's the Oscars, and it only happens once a year. So we figured God would be okay with that, right? That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem right there. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, the purpose of this program is really to to offer some reflections on on Lord's Day observance in in contemporary culture, which is something that uh, has really, I think, disappeared. If it if it was ever there in American culture or American evangelical culture, it certainly disappeared in recent decades. Yeah. I was pulling the legs of certain friends who have a big thing about having the Ten Commandments displayed in. Uh, American courthouses, pointing out the fact that actually of those Ten Commandments, it's only a subset they're really interested in. And typically the Fourth Commandment, dealing with the Lord's Day, is is not one that uh, they're particularly interested in talking about. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to me because I was, I was teaching a class, I've been teaching a Sunday school class on covenant theology at my church, and as we were dealing with Mosaic Covenant, and, um, for instance, the, the distinctions in the law that, that typically the Reformed faith observes, civil law, ceremonial law, and, and the moral law. I had a lot of people asking me questions about Sabbath observance because they're concerned. They, they, they see clearly enshrined in the moral law of God um, a call for us to keep the Sabbath holy. And yet they wonder, and, and I think a lot of us wonder, how much of the regulations, uh, say in, in Deuteronomy, et cetera, are, are, are in force for Christians today. And it's a pastoral concern. We, we, we're trying to help our people uh, be faithful to what God has commanded and at the same time uh, try to understand that all of, the, uh, all of the ceremonies and regulations regarding Sabbath aren't in force anymore. But how do we distinguish those things? Yeah, it's a difficult and pressing question. When I preached through the Decalogue recently, I actually took two sermons to deal with the fourth commandment. One, we looked at the Sabbath in its Old Testament context, and in the second one, I looked at the New Testament teaching relating to Sabbath and, and Lord's Day. It is a commandment that takes a lot of unpacking, and we, we can't do it in a very thoughtful or profound way on a 10-minute on a podcast. I would say, though, that I would root the the idea of the Sabbath back in creation, not even in the Decalogue, mm-hmm. uh, going back to God's rest on the seventh day of creation. I think that is significant for the way it's picked up by Moses in the Pentateuch and becomes significant in a sort of inverted way in the New Testament where uh, the church's rest is on the first day of the week in preparation for the work that we then do, which in some ways reflects the, the grace, the work, the priority, the redemption that we have in Christ. Right. And then there's also, on the other hand, this this forward-looking idea with the Sabbath as well. Like there's this sense that we're waiting for Sunday. Mm-hmm. We have this foretaste of our future eschatological hope, and so we have this day of every week to um, we're being called to God's Sabbath consummation, a taste of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many dimensions to it because, on the one hand, as you said, there's a, there's a uh, the, there's a, an eschatological element to it in that we're looking forward to that great and eternal uh, rest in the presence of God and in the company of, of all of God's redeemed people. And so there's that eschatological dimension. That also ties into the public witness of the Sabbath. So as we faithfully mm-hmm. observe Sabbath, we are giving public witness right. that, that we are a people who, who are unapologetically forward-looking. We're looking forward to this great uh, eternal day of rest with the Lord. And yet, as Carl said, it's also rooted 
um, in in eternity past in, in in God's work of creation. That is, so He's setting a pattern for us. We also know that He's giving us a gift in the Sabbath in a very practical way right. to literally rest our bodies and rest our minds. So we're reminded of Jesus's instructions that that Sabbath was made for man, in in that it's a gift to us. We're not God. And so, therefore, we have to Mm -hmm. do things like sleep every night and rest once a week. These are good gifts that God has given to us to remind us um, of our finitude and our limitations. Um, And so there's there's those practical good uh, reasons tied into our own finitude that that Sabbath is is not only the right thing, but it's also a really good thing for us addressing some of our our very pressing needs as, as humans. I like the Heidelberg Catechism's treatment of the fourth commandment. Mm-hmm. It's question 103, what does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained, and that I, especially on the Sabbath, that is on the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God to hear his word, to use the sacraments, publicly to call upon the Lord and contribute to the relief of the poor. Secondly, that all the days of my life I cease from my evil works and yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me and thus begin in this life, the eternal Sabbath. What I like about the Heidelberg Catechism, unlike the Westminster Standards, it doesn't produce a long list of what you can and can't do, but it focuses on what lies at the heart of the Lord's Day, Mm -hmm. and that is gathering together with the people of God to hear the word preached and partake of the sacraments being administered, to pray, to give one's tithes uh, in, in, in the worship service. Which leads me to... To ask the question, are those who would say go to the Super Bowl on a Sunday evening mm-hmm. rather than go to their church's evening worship service, why would you want to? Right. The, the Super Bowl is, it's, it's trivia compared to the great reminders and reenactments in, in some ways of the great acts of God in redemption. Right. That the Sabbath reflects and that the church service reflects. So I'm not saying you can't go home and watch the Super Bowl after the service is right. over, but why would you skip church? Right. Right. Why would you skip church for something that is really totally trivial? Mm-hmm. Uh, we often complain. We live in an era where you know, there is, there's not enough biblical literacy. People don't know the Bible well enough. And our answer to that has been less church services with less Bible. Right. I think a healthy recovery of the Lord's Day would go a long way towards helping us recalibrate our priorities and and reinvigorate our biblical knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the three of us are Presbyterians, and so we know that our confession of faith enjoins us to to faithfully observe the Sabbath. And, and And so the questions I get a lot as a pastor, and I'm sure, Amy, you deal with in your own household and with your fellow churchgoers, Carl, you have to deal with as pastor, are questions like, Am I sinning if I work in my garden on a Sunday? Am I sinning if I watch a football game on TV? Am I, am I sinning if, um, if I play a game of basketball on a Sunday afternoon with, with some friends? I mean, people I, people I know, people who I serve among, really want to, to know if there's anything in the New Testament that helps give guidance to some of those specific mm-hmm. questions. Am I sinning if I go out to lunch after church? Right. Be, and, and, so, and some would say yes, because you going out to lunch on a Sunday requires that somebody else break the Sabbath by working on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm some, torn on that. Some churches take this really seriously. Like they'll have their church, you know, fellowship meal, or maybe they'll have a church picnic after mm-hmm. the service one Sunday. 
And so they won't order fried chicken or pizza or anything like that because they don't want to support businesses being open on Sunday. But guess who does all the work then? Sure. The The, women. The the wives of of the the congregation. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like one of my beefs is, okay, well, where do we draw the line then? Like, how is that? How is that restful and keeping the day holy then for, you know, if it just adds more burden to, yeah. you know, particularly the women in the church? Well, sure. I was going to say, obviously, we don't want the men doing any of this preparation. That would be a <laughs> clear right. breach of the Sabbath. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> we wouldn't want to see that happen. No, no, yeah. no. Well, for, for, for reasons of edibility as well, apart from anything else where I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, those, those are good questions. Again, I think the Heidelberg Catechism is a good place to start because it focuses on what must be done. And that is the positive attendance on the means of grace. I'm prepared to allow, I think, a significant uh, uh, amount of freedom of conscience on the kind of issues you've raised. Uh, I'm not going to discipline somebody in my congregation if they go out for lunch on a Sunday. I would leave that as a matter to their conscience. I myself generally do not do that. I mean, I've been out maybe two or three times in the last 10 years for some lunch when it's been unavoidable for some reason. Mm-hmm. But typically, I would not do that. But I would not discipline somebody in my congregation for doing that. On the other hand, if somebody was skipping church every Sunday in the, mo- you know, say in the morning in order to go to a baseball game, right. are you going to be hearing from the elders at some point on right. that one? Because that is very clearly uh, a neglecting of meeting together to hear the word preached and right. to, to take the sacrament. Yeah. One of the things we do at, at the church I serve is that every Sunday... Um, in our two services, uh, folders are, are handed down all of the aisles where every person in attendance, we tell our members to do this, to sign in so that we can see if, if somebody is just skipping worship. And we review those records every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you're gone for three or four Sundays, if we haven't already noticed, we, we see it on those records. And, and you do get a call from the elders. In part for concern, has something happened yeah, yeah. Um, has something gone wrong in their family or are they just skipping in which case we, we want to speak into that person's life because yeah. to your point Carl we, we know that the public worship of God's people is a part of is at the heart of, of, of our Sabbath observance there and and while I don't want to get into here are all of the things you're not allowed to do what we do want to say is here are things that we do need to be doing yeah, on this yeah. good gift that and, the Lord has given us imagine life without the Sabbath Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is a true blessing for yep. us. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're skipping to do, I don't know, home renovations or to mm-hmm. do a golf day or whatever it is, yeah. I mean, imagine life without the Sabbath. Yeah. And that yeah. is a very dark place with no rest and right. yeah. no future hope. Yeah, Sunday should be a little taste of heaven on earth. Right. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not a joke. I think it really right. should be a foretaste of what we will be doing in heaven, and that is worshiping uh, God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, with brothers and sisters gathered from nations and times you know, across time and space right. for all eternity. And if, if we're impatient with that on a Sunday, heaven's not going to be heaven. <laughs> right. it, right. no, that's such yeah. a good point. I mean, we're fed yeah. and clothed by our Savior. That's, you know, we... Yeah. My delusion that I'm running the world is interrupted on yeah, Sunday morning, right, right. And, yeah. I, and I learn who's truly feeding me and clothing me, and right. I get to The other thing see. is, just for a, for a future podcast, I think it's interesting to me that the, 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 the sort of young, restless, and reformed uh, seem very preoccupied with discussions about whether Lent should be observed and how to observe Lent. Don't see so much mm-hmm. discussion about the Lord's Day. 
Yeah. And again, I think it's another example where Lent has developed this kind of cool chic. Right. In a way that yeah, the Lord's Day is, as Michael Horton would say, the Lord's Day is ordinary. It's boring. It's right. routine. It's every week. Mm -hmm. There's nothing cool about observing the Lord's Day, but I think it's vital. Oh, I'm just getting something through on my headphones. I gather that Lecrae is outside and he's waiting to have his selfie taken with us. So, man, I'm, I'm actually ready. thinking I might, awesome. I might start a Twitter account because in all <laughs> humility and modesty, I think I'm going to need to post my Lecrae selfies online in the near future. So thanks very much for joining us Absolutely. today. Glad you could tune in to listen, but we now have to speak to somebody far more important. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Holy Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. Make sure to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to download an MP3 message, The Christian Sabbath, by Stephen Miller. Listen next time to hear the team talk about Calvinism in the Southern Baptist Convention. And yes, it does exist in the Southern Baptist Convention. Come back next time for this conversation with Southern Baptist Calvinist Tom Askell. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit mortificationofspin.org to download your free MP3. There was a time I was fun. <laughs> I don't believe that. But I'm, I'm telling you, at one time I was fun, fun and I did things outdoors. You did things outdoors. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm more, shall we say, indoorsy at this time in my <laughs> life. But there was a time. More yeah. indoorsy. <laughs> you mean you're a couch potato. <laughs> I prefer indoorsy. <laughs> indoorsy. Yeah. Okay. You need to start a new magazine indoors. That would be great. That's right. You could review right. slippers and pipes and cardigans. <laughs> Those recliner chairs. You know? uh -huh. Uh -huh. do, do various uh, tests on pillows and uh, their yeah. absorption yeah. rate and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That would be hilarious. Mm -hmm. We need some sponsors we need to get for the show. <laughs>